Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Staking Mondays. Staking Mondays is a weekly show to share knowledge from key staking industry leaders with our community. And of course, this is all powered by stakingrewards.com. At Staking Rewards, we are helping investors navigate the landscape of yield generating digital assets, helping them find the best opportunities to earn interest on crypto. My name is Ken, and I'm with co-founder of Staking Rewards today, Merkel Schmiedel, and we are delighted to welcome today's guest, Samip Singhania. Samip is the co-founder of QuickSwap. QuickSwap is the biggest DEX on Polygon with close to 1 billion in liquidity. Samip has a bachelor's degree in computer science and has been a professional programmer for the past about eight years or so, previously working on OpenBazaar, Paraswap, and Toptal. So welcome, Samip. Thank you, Ken. Uh, first of all, thank you guys, Taking Mondays, Miracle, Ken, for hosting me today. Like, I, you know, thank you guys for that. And like, thanks for the wonderful intro. And I'm really looking forward to this podcast. And let's see what you guys have in for me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're very pleased to have you on here today. So uh, just to give you a little icebreaker, uh, could you just tell us a little bit of what piqued your interest first in this mm -hmm. industry outside of BTC and Ethereum? And why was that? Uh, yeah. So like, as, as you said, I've been into this software development industry for eight years now. Right? I started my journey in 2013 and uh, I was doing, you know, I was into a regular job, nine to six job, I would say, right? So for uh, initial years of my, like, you know, uh, this development cycle. So, but in 2017, I finally decided that, you know, I wanted to try something new, you know, maybe do something of my own of that sort of thing. So I left my job, right? So when I left my job, I had no idea what I'm going to do next. So literally for a couple of months, I did nothing, right? I was just there in my room, sitting on my bed, like watching TV, reading novels, eating, like all that stuff. That's what I've been doing. But after a couple of months, I realized I needed to do something, right? Because you cannot, you know, stay like that for long. So then I started figuring out what to do next. So I like thought, why not start doing freelancing, right? So I basically went into freelancing just to explore different domains. And while freelancing, I basically landed upon a project which was related to blockchain in 2017. Like I'm talking about May 2017, right? So, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so at that time, like blockchain was very new. Crypto was very new. Ethereum in itself was very, very new. So Bitcoin was still like there, like since nine years, like in 2017, it was nine years, launched in 2008, right? So, but Ethereum was very, very new at that time, right? So I landed upon a project which was related to uh, Ethereum at that time, uh, if I remember it correctly, it was like ERC20 token and then integration in some of the central exchanges at that time, right? So even creating an ERC20 at that time was a challenge for me <clears throat> because there were no resources out there. There was virtually nothing out there on the internet to basically guide you how to work on these type of blockchains or like what to do next, right? So I was pretty much very confused, right? But then I realized, you know, that uh, when I read more about blockchain, when I read more about Ethereum, when I read more about the technology in itself, then I realized that this technology is going to change the world in the next 10 years. Right? So, and it was very hard for me to figure out how to work on this. So that basically piqued my interest into this, that, you know, this technology is going to change how things work. Right. You know, the chances, the chances are very high that this will be a successful technology in the coming future. And right now, there are no resources out there. There is no one who truly, like there are very few people who truly understand how this works or how to work on top of this, how to develop a contract, how to, you know, create a DAP. What is Web3? There were very few people out there. So I, like, I saw an opportunity here, basically. Right? So I saw that, you know, this is a great opportunity for me to enter into this particular, you know, technology and start working from, like, from the very beginning of the, that particular technology, right? So 
I joined the wagon in 2017, which was like very initial or early days of the Ethereum technology, of the blockchain technology, of the smart contract technology, right? So that basically piqued my interest into this. That this is very new and this is going to boom in the future. So why not join it in the very beginning, at the very early stages of this technology, so that I can see the entire life cycle. I always wanted to join a technology where I can be a part of the technology since very beginning. I wanted to see the entire life cycle of the project of the technology. I would say so. That's why I. would say i i joined this technology blockchain then i started working on like tons of different projects there that's when i joined toptel that's when you know i started working for open bazaar i started working for paraswipe like there were tons of different projects like i have worked on like so many different projects in different domains like i just can't like name everyone on this you know session but there are tons of things that i've done so yeah but the core was technology was new and uh, in my vision i could see a future for this technology and there were very few resources out there it was like hard to you know do thing so basically uh, it basically propelled me like towards the innovation because now even today if you want to do something on blockchain if you are stuck somewhere like if you are truly stuck somewhere you will hardly find an answer on the google right so you have to go over, like try different things out of like out of blue or like you have to find a solution of your own so that is something like which i really liked in this particular technology right uh, it basically That's forces right. you to go towards innovation instead of you know simply going to google and find answers on stack overflow that's amazing yeah we've obviously come a, a very long way um since the early days when you joined um and uh, so much progress being made and we are still extremely early anyway um so i'm looking forward today to talk about uh like layer tools and dexes in general obviously usd found of quickswap that makes a lot of sense so uh if you guys have any questions for the comments just put them down on like anything layer 2 or dexes or quickswap um we will try to address them in the end and um just going to ask some general questions and can we ask some uh more questions about quickswap and so on so um starting off is like what do you think is the future for layer 2 considering that ethereum 2 or like ethereum moves like to uh to new blockchain to sharding and they will have like much higher scalability and so on um and what do you think is the future of polygon in particular as well yeah i mean like see sharding is still away right i don't see sharding you know coming into production maybe next two years or so right because most of the stuff is still under research i would say right so it's not yet production ready and it will take some time but in my opinion like see uh, as you said these sharding solutions will be more reliable more scalable but by that time next two years these layer two solutions will be more scalable they will be more reliable right and the more most important thing is you know apart from the technology like that will grow that will definitely scale but apart from the technology it's a community it's a projects that's going on these solutions right so in two years you, like even today like if you go to polygon there are tons of projects being developed on polygon and tons of good projects like it's not like some you know a poc kind of stuff no it's not only poc but good projects you know real world projects or products are being developed on polygon so in two years from now when the sharding is actually out there when the e2.0 is actually out there i can see polygon community or the polygon ecosystem uh, would have grown to a level where you know you cannot simply ignore it right you cannot simply go away with polygon but apart from that when sharding comes into place like the entire concept of e2.0 is there will be a one main chain like in nutshell and then will be a multiple 
you know beacon chains out there or side chains out out there i would say right so that's the entire concept of e2.0 so like in my opinion i'm not sure how it's going to work in 2 years because like 2 years in blockchain industry is too long to predict what's going to happen right in this industry even 6 month is a long time to predict what's going to happen so we cannot predict what's going to happen in 2 years but in my opinion all these layer 2 solutions they will somehow become part of the main ethereum ecosystem because these <clears throat> like especially polygon like if i talk about polygon so polygon is not there to compete with ethereum polygon is there you know to scale ethereum that's the whole ideology behind polygon right and that's at the same ideology we have towards quickswap so we are not competitor of uniswap we are there like we created quickswap in the first place to scale uniswap right so what was not possible with uniswap you know we like decided we'll do that with quickswap so we are not a competitor right we are a scalability solutions for these products which have proven themselves so in 2 years from now when the sharding is already out there i think there will be a way for everyone to coexist and in my opinion like all these layer 2 solutions will become part of the shards the different shards out there all right yeah that makes a lot of sense and i'm really looking forward to see uh, how this all plays out really um and um like thinking about like how these projects evolve um so they need to be governed by their stakeholders and you also have the quick token uh which is governing uh quick swap um correct me if i'm wrong um but yeah i think it is to to a certain extent at least um so i'm i'm wondering like what is your take on coin voting in particular because we had a lot of discussions on that on our staking summit um last week as well um and uh we feel like there's a lot of improvement that can be made on coin voting um so what what do you think about it in terms of the the governance for quickswap as well see i think you know uh, the entire governance mechanism especially in the defi industry is in its very early stages it's in its infant stages i would say right so you know with uh, in phase one of the projects when the phase one of the projects launched like uni i'm talking about uniswap v1 like kind of projects at that time there was no governance out there right no tokens out there but then we realized since this is a decentralized economy we are talking about a decentralized world we're talking about a decentralized projects right so we need a governance as well right and which is decentralized in nature right so it's like very similar to how a centralized company works or a centralized product work you have a microsoft shares right and microsoft like shareholders they have right to vote on like whatever the proposal is out there so i think a very similar model is coming in the decentralized economy as well but the only difference is here the voting rights are given to the token holders and we are seeing this i would say the phase one of how governance will work and that governance is there but i would say like a lot of improvement is still required out there because like even at quickswap we do not see lot of quick token holders they do not like participate in right or like you know uh, if you are providing a different kind of staking mechanism let's uh, uh, let's assume on staking rewards tomorrow we start a new staking program or a new staking module where if you stake quick token you earn some other token out there right so now you have put your token stake quick tokens onto that staking contract right so now the when the voting happens i do not own my tokens now my tokens are part of the staking reward contracts right so now how do i get right you know right to vote right or if my tokens are vested how do i get right to vote even if my tokens are vested so in decentralized economy in in centralized world this is very easy to do right because everything is they're in the centralized depository right and uh, they track everything but in decentralized world you do not know like we do not at quickswap we do not know at how many places the quick token is being used like how many different projects are using quick tokens we do we literally don't know that now the biggest problem in the governance is if 
you know our token holders token if they are stuck somewhere or they are staked somewhere they are not able to participate in the governance right every time so every time what we have to do is right now we are using a snapshots right it's a very famous uh, protocol out there you are using a snapshot but the snapshot has a limitation you basically has to tell a snapshot beforehand that you know a quick token is staked in these protocols out like in this different contracts should be considered as part of the governance vote right so all the holders should be there but we do not have any idea I, like we know about couple of projects or couple of places where users take our like dquick or quick tokens but we do not know about the other places where the quick is being used so i think the next level of improvement that we'll see in governance protocols is even if my tokens are staked somewhere i'm earning some yield out of it i should still be able to vote so governance is still in the very early stages i would say very rudimentary stages like you know and a lot of thing needs to be done to properly implement this thing yeah cool what, what do you think is the in general like the main value proposition for quick or dequick staking um like at, at quick swap or like for amms in general um like is it comparable to like owning stocks and dividends in uh traditional finance or like how, how would you compare them and what's the main value proposition there um so I, is, I, I, is it important for um for like adoption of your project or the technologies in general so i wouldn't say it's a dividend token kind of stuff no i mean like it's not something like that it's not like a like it's not like a share of the uh, share into something because these products are not like it's not a company right so this product is a decentralized product so you're not owning a share in that kind of stuff you are getting a portion of uh, in the voting power so you have just you just have a voting power out there when you hold quick token right that's the main utility of quick token right but now there are other use cases as well right so some uh, we see different projects using quick token or dequick token through different mechanism like for there is a protocol i think um, there are multiple protocols like lending protocols out there on polygon which have quick tokens in there right even at quick swap we have like developed different products which which use quick tokens right so but i wouldn't say like i will not compare it with the shares because like in a centralized world shares has multiple roles right they play a role of security as well like they have multiple roles out there but uh, at quickswap or at in DeFi or in blockchain world like most of the tokens they are not shares in my like in my personal opinion they are not shares basically right because in shares you also get a dividend right but here we are not like generating any kind of dividend right staking is a different thing it's not a dividend right when you stake your tokens you unrate you generate some kind of yield but that's again not a dividend right so you're not getting any kind of dividends out there or kind of stuff so it's not very much similar to it yeah it has some properties of it like you get a voting power i would say i think that's the one property which is similar in both cases that you get a voting power apart from that like tokens has a dip all different use cases and most of the tokens i would say they are a utility token they have some kind of utility in the platform so in case of quick so quick swap if you own a quick token there are multiple utilities out there there's a product called dragon slayer so on every dex there is a trading fee I think we all know that, right? So on, in case of QuickSwap, there's a trading fee of 0.3%, right? Out of that 0.3%, we give 0.25%, uh, sorry, to the liquidity providers because liquidity providers are the heart and soul of any AMM out there, right? So same is in our case as well. Now, out of remaining 0.05%, 0.01% goes to the QuickSwap Foundation and that fund is basically used for development, marketing, and basically day-to-day you know a task or running of quick swap and the remaining 0.04% basically goes to the dragon slayer right so now if you have quick tokens and if you have staked your quick tokens into the dragon slayer 
you get a portion of that 0.04% as per your stakes in that, right? So basically, it's used for staking, I would say, right? Not some kind of dividend or not some kind of security. Yeah. Right. But as, as long as stakers get some part of the trading fees, this is like where they get the profit share, right, for, for staking. So it's, in a sense, comparable that they still get um, like incentivized for staking by receiving uh, a profit share, isn't it? I think that's true for like uh, every staking protocol out there, not just, you know, this specific staking. When you do a liquidity mining as well, like I think that's very similar as well, right? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like same in lending protocols as well. Yeah. And then uh, like talk, talking about these liquidity incentives that you also have at uh, QuickSwap, like how sustainable do you think is that like in, in general, like across all protocols, because there's so much liquidity still mainly incentivized by like, um, yeah, distributing tokens. And that's like across like the whole industry, like everything is like highly incentivized. So like, could there be a scenario once like these incentives dry out that all the liquidity dries out as well? And like, how, how would that turn out? And um, do, do you think that's sustainable that we have right now? Or like when needs to, what, what needs to happen to turn this into a sustainable economy in a sense? So it's a very interesting question, right? And uh, like, just to answer the answer your question, right? Uniswap is out there. They do not have any kind of rewards but it's still the biggest DEX, right? So I think Uniswap basically answers this question that to sustain a DEX, you do not need rewards, right? What you need is a volume, right? So because see, every DEX has a 0.3% trading fees, right? Like Uniswap and Uniswap clones I'm talking about, right? So they have a 0.3% trading fees. And if you have enough volume, right? So that 0.35% is a good incentive for liquidity providers to provide liquidity on the exchanges, right? Not let's talk about the rewards, right? So uh, in case of specifically in case of QuickSwap, uh, our tokenomics basically revolve entirely around the rewards. Almost 95% uh, is being kept for the community or for the governance, I would say, like basically the governance will decide what will happen out of those 95%. And the I'm, like I'm 100% sure like out of that 95%, 90% of that will be used for liquidity mining programs, right? So, so I think, you know, for QuickSwap, it's more like a user acquisition model, right? Where we wanted to incentivize users to come to the platform, liquidity providers to come to the platform, provide liquidity, right? So once we have enough liquidity onto the platform, see for any DEX to survive, you need deep liquidity. Until and unless you have deep liquidity, no one's going to come to your platform to trade, right? So for traders, especially for big traders, you need a deep liquidity. Otherwise, there'll be a very huge price impact. There will be very huge slippage out there, right? So to have that deep liquidity, we have liquidity mining programs out there, right? And that program is going to run for almost four years, I would say, right? So our target in those four years is to attract enough liquidity and enough volume onto the platform so that once these rewards dry out, our volume sustains the DEX, right? And that's already happening in case of Uniswap. So basically, Uniswap has proven that particular model that if you have enough volume, right, you can still attract good liquidity providers onto your platform. Uniswap has no reward running right now. They ran reward just for 60 days, right, when they launched Uniswap V2. But they are still the biggest DEX on Ethereum, right? Like bigger than other DEXs who are still providing rewards, right? And the only reason is they have good volumes. They have like volumes in billions of dollars every day. So they generate millions of dollars in fees every day, right? So basically liquidity providers are getting millions of US dollars per day as 
portion of fees, right? Which other DEXs are not even not able to match up even with their rewards, right? So the sustainability of a DEX does not depend on the rewards. It depends on the volume, I would say, right? And uh, like we are working towards that volume, like to increase the volume. And like that's why we are partnering. We partner with like we have partnered with hundreds of projects till now. And one of the major focus that we have in partnering with any project is how much volume can they bring to us? Like how many users do they have? So if they partner with them, how much volume we'll get? Because we know that it's the volume that's going to sustain the deck. It's not the rewards because rewards will dry. Like it will be drained one day, right? So we cannot simply rely on rewards. And that's why like we get tons of volume. So like, uh, I think the record for quick swap for 24 hour volume was $1.5 billion. So uh, like on one day we had a volume of $1.5 billion on, on average these days, we have somewhere around 100 to 150 million dollar volume per day so it's already generating like somewhere around 300 to 400000 us dollar as a fees per day right so the tvl to volume ratio in case of quick swap is good and we are like trying to improve that as well right so yeah so just to like briefly answer your question it's not the rewards that's going to sustain the dex it's the volume yeah that makes a lot of sense um but wouldn't that mean like if if it's the volume that because the, the volume is making the markets efficient in a sense. So I could argue that it's like a kind of winner takes it all market for the DEX with the highest uh, liquidity in the market because it's the most efficient AMM um, that users want to use. Um, how, how, how do you see that like playing out in the future in terms of competition of AMM, or AMM on Ethereum? And yeah, what, what do you think is the future for that and how, how will that play out? and um, how how could these AMM differentiate themselves more than just from more liquidity? Yeah, I mean, like, I think that's again a very interesting question, right? So I like see, in my opinion, like all these DEXs, they are not competing with each other, right? So specifically, if you talk about DEXs on Ethereum or DEXs on Polygon or on BSC, right? So the main competition right now is not between DEXs on a Polygon, on any ecosystem. So if I am on Polygon ecosystem, and we have like four or five different DEXs out there. We have Define, we have Sushi, we have QuickSwap, we have like Balancer as well. We have like multiple exchanges are out there, right? So like the more exchanges we have, okay. So right now what happens basically is the liquidity is thinned on one particular exchange, right? So if a new exchange is going to come on Quick on Polygon someday, you know, some users might, you know, go away from QuickSwap and put liquidity over there, right? But the biggest benefit is like suppose like when sushi came on board came on polygon like everybody thought that they are competitors like they will compete with us right quick swap like sushi is going to be a biggest threat to quick swap or like anyone if they come but i don't see them as a competitor because see what happens when any amm or when any decks they come onto the ecosystem they bring a plethora of users as well with, with with them right they bring their community to the ecosystem as well right and like that's more important right now like if you talk about growth like we all like everybody talks about bringing next 1 million or 10 million users into the blockchain and that can only happen when you know these biggest projects will be there when there will be multiple dexes out there right it's not just one deck stuff right if you if you talk about one deck gets all it's not going to work it's it's like saying one bank uh gets all there is only one bank which is called world bank no other banks out there right it's not like how it works so you need multiple dexes out there and the important thing is every dex or every ecosystem should be able to communicate with each other in cases of dex we are seeing that through aggregators right and uh uh, in case of like blockchain ecosystem, we are seeing that through 
different multi-chain solutions out there, right? So the important thing is everyone should be able to interact with each other. So if I want to trade, let's say 100,000 US dollar uh, USDC to ETH on Polygon today, like I should not, I, I should have an option to split my trade between multiple, you know, exchanges so that I get the best prices and aggregators are doing that right now. So if you want to do that trade, like you don't have to go to QuickSwap or Define or Sushi, you can simply go to Paraswap, do your trade and Paraswap internally will split your trade through multiple like, uh, you know, exchanges out there to give you the best prices. So I think that's how the future will look like, right? So there will be multiple DEXs out there, right? Everyone will have its own pros and cons. So some DEX will be known for a certain product. Other DEX will be known for other product, right? Uh, there are other features, I would say. And now it's up to you, which particular feature you want, right? It's very much similar to bank. If you go to bank, like there are five or six different banks and you choose a bank according to your needs, right? So if you choose SDFC, that doesn't make JP Morgan bad, right? Or if you choose JP Morgan, doesn't make SDFC bad. You choose bank as per your needs, right? What What's best for you, right? Similarly, in, cases, in case of DEX, like, LP providers, they basically choose or traders, they basically choose DEX as per their need. If they are like okay with the rewards, right now I'm talking about, if they are okay with the rewards on QuickSwap, right, the rewards that is running on QuickSwap is like, okay, they are okay with that, you know, uh, they will choose QuickSwap. But if they are, if they want to provide a liquidity in a certain pair, which is not rewarded on QuickSwap, but it's rewarded on Sushi, like they will go to Sushi Swap, right? So I think right now it's more about a use case or usage or your needs, right? And as per your needs, as per your, you know, a pair that you want to provide liquidity into or trade into, you choose a DEX right now. That's how it works. So that's why at QuickSwap, yeah. we are not only running rewards for three or four or five pairs. We are like running rewards for hundreds of pairs out there, basically, so that we can attract more liquidity providers, more projects to the platform. But is not right now more like people just choosing their DEX because of the reward incentives rather than the right differentiating... Now factors like because right I, now, I don't see like a lot of differentiating product features or uh, in indexes right right now i completely agree with you but that's going to change in the future i would say right because different kind of stakings are coming as well a very complex staking mechanisms coming so even if you go to quickswap at quickswap we have like four or five different levels of staking programs out running out there right so we have dragon slayer then we have syrup then we have dual uh, rewards running then we have like single lp rewards running so multiple things happening right now right so right now i would say like as i said even the dexes are in very early stages right we'll see a lot of innovation happening in dexes a lot of differentiating factors coming you know in the future as well but right now you are right it's mostly rewards like people like mostly look for, out for the rewards right now yeah um what, what do you think is the most exciting project outside of uh quick swap on on polygon right now at this so point there is a there is a very innovative project which is coming on polygon which is polytrade right i really love that project because like that particular project is bringing basically trade finance onto blockchain and i really love the idea and more than the idea i like the team behind it so the team behind polytrade they are very enthusiastic very hard working and like for almost uh, last eight or nine months they're working really hard towards it right and so that's why like i see that particular project going to be you know a successful project in the future they have recently launched their mvp and uh yeah i mean like i really love that particular project thank you simi for all these uh interesting insights into the polygon ecosystem and uh some brief talk about quickswap quick swap as well uh so getting more into quick swap specific questions i know you already went over some of the use cases of the quick token uh but could you also elaborate how the utility for the quick token will change over time 
And in regards to the price, is it currently driven by speculation or is there actually actual utility driving the price of the quick token as well? Okay, so like to talk about prices, like I don't think it's being run by speculation anymore, right? So in the early stages, I would say, yeah, it was more of a speculation that how the platform is going to perform, how, like, what's the utility of the token. But right now, it's more about the utility and the, about the DEX. I think that's that's what governing the price. Like, you can, you can, like, you can never really answer this question, whether it's speculation or, like, what's behind the prices. But, like, in my honest opinion, like, it's not a speculation anymore, right? Because... We have tons of utility now, right? So it's no more a speculation, right? And the biggest utility is you can put it in Dragon Slayer, right? You get a DQIC token and then you can put your DQIC token into the syrups, syrup pools, basically, and you get more basically APYs out of there. So that's one of the reasons. Apart from that, like now Quick is part of different lending protocols as well, right? And we are doing partnership with like different projects. So just to increase the utility, right? So to I think that's what driving the prices right now. It's not like speculation anymore. Definitely. And uh, QuickSwap, like other exchanges like SushiSwap, Balancer, Curve, offers staking. You already mentioned it with Dragon Slayer, for instance. Why would you think a large player like Uniswap is not offering a product similar to what Dragon Slayer is? See, I, okay. So every, like, as I said, every DEX has their own, like, value proposition, right? So Uniswap, I'm not sure, like, uh, what, like, what their team is thinking of around right now. But I think, you know, uh, they, see, see, our purpose of, like, as I said before, our purpose of doing all these rewards, all these taking programs was to acquire more users, right? To get more eyes onto the platform, right? That was the entire, like, theory behind this, right? I think in case of Uniswap, uh, since they were the first big DEXs, so they don't need to do this already, right? They can focus on other, like, priorities, other you know, products and stuff because they already have big users there. They already have whales. They have good trading volume out there, right? So why do this, right? Now, why not focus on other innovations and other stuff like they launched Uniswap V3? But for us, like first, we need to survive, right? That was the first thing, right? When we launched on Polygon, we needed users. We needed liquidity. We needed trading volume. Until unless we have that, we cannot do anything, right? So that's why we started with this like concept in the first place, right? To make... A place in the market first of all very interesting perspective there so basically uniswap had the first mover advantage they didn't need to provide additional incentives to attract users exactly. uh, so, yeah and for everyone watching that doesn't know dragonites is the name for your community of users as well and uh this next question will certainly get the dragonites going a bit um uh, so the dragon syrup dragon syrup is where users can deposit dequick tokens state quick to earn more right so can you mm -hmm. explain this process and how quick tokens are involved and, and how users can benefit from this. Yeah, I mean, like the process is very simple. There's a Dragon Slayer page on QuickSwap. If you own some, you know, DQuick tokens, sorry, quick tokens, simply not need to go to Dragon Slayer, stake your tokens over there, right? That's it. Now you, you'll get a DQuick token, which is another token, right? And you get it when you stake your quick token on Dragon Slayer. Now, when you do that, you start earning portion of trading fees, like that is 0.04%, like as I said before. Like it's as simple as that. Like just just give me a second. Like there's someone I need. Just just give me a second, okay? No, guys, just a second. Okay. Yeah, and 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 Mirka, I think this is a great interview so far. We're learning a lot about uh, Quick Swap and the different features they have, the different products they have, additional yield opportunities. So once you use uh, the Dragon Slayer product, you actually get a DQuick token, which can further be staked. So you're earning yield on top of yield at this point. 
uh, really is a, an interesting product that they've come up with here. It's exciting. Yeah, it's very, yeah. yeah. Okay. sorry guys. Like I had to like urgently go somewhere, but anyways, yeah, it's a very exciting product, like project product, I would say Dragon Slayer, and we see tons of quick being staked over there. Right. And uh, the other benefit is, as I said, you know, quick uh, has different levels of staking programs out there. So when you stake your quick tokens on Dragon Slayer, you get D quick. Now you are already getting a portion of the platform's trading fee if you are in there, right? Now you have your DQIC tokens. You can go to the syrup. We have almost, I'm not sure, but somewhere around 40 syrup pools running right now. You can choose a syrup pool as per your liking, which particular project you like, right? You want to invest into. You can stake your DQIC tokens over there and start earning that particular project's token as well, right? So basically, it's a chain of, you know, uh, staking mechanisms or it's a chain of mining that runs on QuickSwap. So suppose... You have ETH and USDC tokens. You provide liquidity into ETH and USDC. You start earning trading fees, right? As an LP provider. Now you have an LP token. You stake it into the rewards program. You start earning DQIC tokens, right? So we like directly give DQIC tokens. Now you, when you get DQIC token, you are already getting part of the trading fees from the Dragon Slayer. Now you stake your DQIC token into the syrup pool and you start earning project like that particular project token as well, right? So in case of QuickSwap, this is also a very differentiating factor like all the staking programs, they are linked to each other, right? So if you are like, you know, are doing things intelligently, you will earn like tons of rewards. Yeah, and that's what's interesting to the users of staking rewards platform. Uh, we have, you know, 5 million monthly views and everyone that comes to the website is looking to learn more about the different yields they can generate with the different assets we have listed. So Quick would definitely like to go into the different staking types and show how a user can not only earn yield using the Dragon Slayer product, but then further, uh, interacting with the syrup pools and and getting yield on top of yield. So really cool stuff there, incentive program you guys have designed. Um, so you did mention earlier, Samip, the name of the game is to attract as much liquidity as possible. And that's really what the long-term staying power is going to have for DEXs. Uh, so QuickSwap has a bridge function that forwards what looks like to a third-party bridge called AllBridge by APY Swap Foundation. So what role does this bridge specifically play for users of QuickSwap? And are there any plans to own this product in the future? See, Bridge is not a product of QuickSwap, I would say, right? So Bridge is not needed for QuickSwap. Bridge is needed for the polygon, like every layer two out there, right? So basically what happens, like the, these tokens, like these native tokens, this Ethereum, ETH token, USDC, USDT, DAI, like BT, WBTC, everything out there, they were launched on Ethereum. Or every new, like 90% of the new projects that comes on board, they launch their token on Ethereum. Right. They do not launch it directly on Polygon. There are some projects which do directly on Polygon, but most of them, they launch a token on Ethereum. Even in case of QuickSwap, we launched our token on Ethereum. Right. Now, when you come to Polygon, you need some kind of bridge to move your assets from Ethereum to Polygon. Right. Those like that's those bridges. Right. We do not own those bridges. Right. So right now we support three bridges because we have listed tokens of these like of that bridges in our default list. So that's why you see a link over there. Right. So one of them is a POS bridge, which is a native Polygon bridge, like developed by the native Polygon team. And like 95% of tokens basically are bridged to that particular bridge. Now then we have a relay bridge as well, right? So some of the tokens like AVAX and all that tokens, basically they are bridged to that particular bridge. And that bridge is maintained by relay team, right? Now we have Sol bridge as well, which is like bridge to Solana, right? So that like uh, bridge is maintained by, is bridge is maintained by their team. And like, we do not have any plan to like take over those bridges, right? Because 
like our role is to develop dex and to excel in the dex technology not in the bridge technology i would say right so bridge technology is for like those guys to handle and to excel into right so we do not like want to put our hands into multiple different things right we want to stay into one particular aspect of the defi ecosystem and we want to excel in that we want to provide the best services in that ecosystem in that particular aspect right and that is dex for now for us so it's not bridge right so we will definitely integrate with multiple bridges in the future definitely right now we have three we'll partner with more right as new bridges come onto the platform but yeah but we'll focus entirely on dex for now yeah and, and great answer there it really lets our users know that you guys are focused on making the best dex experience possible uh and for any bridge functionality you guys are just using uh other other products that have been developed by other teams and they're maintained by these other teams as well so good to see that you're aligned on the dex vertical there um, so getting into your team, how, how large is your team here at QuickSwap and how are you organized from a legal point of view? What kind of role does your setup and organizational structure play for the future of QuickSwap? So first of all, I would like to say like QuickSwap uh, is not basically governed by any company's kind of stuff, right? So like we are completely, okay, and we do not have any investors as well, right? So I think we are one of the very few projects which have grown organically, like 100% organic growth you see over here. And we have zero investors to date, like till date, we have zero investors, right? And we are not governed by any, like any company, right? So I think it's like better to understand how QuickSwap originated, started, right? So like to answer this question, right? So I think QuickSwap is one of the very few, like, or I, I think I do not see any other example out there, but one of the very few 100% community-based project out there. How it started, like basically in last year, in somewhere in July, August, we started seeing a lot of gas fees and like the Ethereum prices was going up. So like the transaction cost was exponentially increasing, like 100 or 200 times it was increasing in that ratio, I would say, right? Then we realized that this is not going to work, right? If you want to bring next 1 million or 10 million users onto the ecosystem, they cannot pay this gas price. Like I was not willing to pay 10 US dollar to do a single trade on Uniswap, no. Right, because I'm not a whale. I'm not making a million dollar trade so that I'm okay with one like ten ten dollar fee. Like I'm making a let's say two hundred dollar trade, five hundred dollar trade, one thousand dollar trade, and if I have to pay ten dollar as a transaction fee plus 0.3 percent as a trade fee, right? That's not going to work for me. I'm not going to use it. Right? That's what we realized. Then we decided we want to, you know, this technology is good, great, but we want to scale this. That's when we decided we will develop QuickSwap, right? Or you know, a Dex on layer two, right? So basically, you know, I came forward. So basically Sandeep Nailwal from the Polygon team at that time, it was Matic. He basically, you know, encouraged us to do this, right? Guys, you should do this, right? Because this is the need of the future. And he picked me, right? Uh, and we came on, I came, basically he talked to me, we had a discussion and then we chose like LDA team again, like they were again doing a lot of stuff, interesting stuff in the community. So basically from community, right? We were part of the ecosystem blockchain community and the, from the community, me, Rock from LDA, Nick, Nick much, we came all forward, created a team sort of stuff, a community team kind of stuff and developed QuickSwap. And we decided we are not going to take any investment because we want to make this project a community project, right? We are not going to back it by any company because we do not want to do that, right? We want this to be run by the community in the future, like right? that's the plan, right? So we do not have any legal entity behind it, right? And uh, nothing of that sort, right? So now the team right now is basically, you know, me, we have basically hired a few developers, right? That are working full-time on this. Again, like those are community developers, I would say. We get a lot of contribution from the community team members as well, not which are not paid basically, I would say, but they, you know, contribute a lot 
both in the marketing side in the development side you know in the sales not sales i would say but in the bd side right so that's how basically quickswap governs right now we have a team right and it's a community team i would say lda uh, basically manages a lot of thing in the marketing apart from that we have you know few people from the community who are working full time in quickswap right same for development side as well yeah really cool to hear that story that you basically a community run project and it's so rare to see these type of projects existing in today's marketplace where you have vcs just looking to throw money at the next innovative idea that comes to market so uh, really cool to see that you guys have kind of stuck to your roots as being that community project. Um, so you, now, we're, I, yep. do, do you actually um, like? Do you plan to like become a DAO or like how how do you make the, the voting internally? Like, like who takes which responsibilities? Because that's really fascinating that you're completely decentralized in a way, but there's not like a, a DAO backing it up or any company or anything really. Um, it's more like. I know like like ethereum or bitcoin like they're fully decentralized and there's no like DAO like in for many ethereum projects or do, right. you, do you have any plans to do something like this to establish any kind of yeah formal structure around the kind of people that are working on quickswap i mean yeah we do right so we were like we wanted to launch uh, like the full fledged governance i would say or dao based governance on day one but then we realized you know uh, you know until and unless see every project out there it needs kind of hand holding in the early stages right otherwise it's not going to survive like that's what we realized looking into few of the projects who did this in the past right that's what we realized so what we did like you know in the initial 5 or 6 months there was no governance around it right uh, that the community members who started this project they used to take every decision out there when the project matured we started with a very basic governance on a snapshot protocol right and right now that's what we are using right so there's a lot of governance votes that happen right now we recently you know uh, inducted sandeep from polygon like founder of polygon as a advisor right and we did not do this on our own we basically ran a community governance vote around this so if community agrees to bringing sandeep on board we will bring it like we, that's what we decided we even told sandeep that sandeep we are, we will only be able to bring you only when the community approves of it because this is not our project we are mem we are like also member of the community we are not the owners of this particular protocol like we never say that uh, me rock or nick we are not the owners of quickswap no we are the ones who started it but we again like everyone else we are a community member out there right so that's how it works right now but in the future like our plan when this protocol like grows more and uh, then we like want to la launch complete governance i would say right uh, full fledged governance but we are still looking into it because like as i said right now it's not easy to do a full fledged governance out there it's not that easy right so even in the very mature protocols even today's state protocols like uniswap or aave most of the like they they those, those protocols even are not like 100% community run right somebody has to send a proposal and most of the proposals comes from the team right so we want to move to that particular direction and we are doing that right and that's why we launched our governance on a snapshot and in the future i'm not sure like how it's going to work again in next 6 months or 7 months or a year but we definitely want to move towards into that direction where everything is run by the community and when we feel or when the community feels you know that uh, this is achievable right and this this is not going to kill the project we'll definitely do that and some important feedback from the staking ecosystem report where we basically surveyed industry leaders within the staking ecosystem uh, around governance and DAO participation UI UX was a huge barrier for mm -hmm. 
participation. So when you're thinking about developing this product down the line, uh, make sure the UI UX experience for the user is is frictionless, and that will definitely increase yeah. your participation rates. Yeah, uh, definitely. So so getting to the point in the show now where we're going to take some audience questions. Looks like we had some Dragonites on the side there making some comments, and we did have a a good one here from AOW95. <coughs> Uh, so just going to read this here to you. So do you believe in the future? Oh, sorry. Yeah, let's see. Is there any business case for DEX to have built, have a built-in aggregator that scrapes other DEXs? Also, what's the best yield opportunity you currently see in the Polygon ecosystem? See, I, I don't think that any DEX should have an aggregator built in, which will scrap liquidity from other DEXs. Because see, as I said before, the purpose of DEX is to excel in the decent, like decentralized exchange technology. It's not an aggregator, right? For aggregators, you have different aggregators out there. So like what I believe is in the blockchain, especially in the decentralized ecosystem, it is very important for a particular product to just focus on one aspect of the thing, not on everything out there, right? So if you are a DEX, you should focus on excelling the DEX technology, how you can provide the best experience out like in this particular technology, right? What you can do if you are an aggregator, like you should focus on aggregation itself, right? How to do a proper aggregation. The first level of aggregation is aggregation within the blockchain. And the next level of aggregation is aggregation within multiple blockchains, right? So if I am doing a, let's say a trade on Polygon, I should have an ability in the future where if I'm doing a trade of 1000 ETH, that 1000 ETH should be swapped, not just on Polygon, but on different blockchains. Like every, like entire liquidity should be trapped. So aggregation is not just about aggregating the liquidity. Aggregation is a very big term. And I don't think uh, any DEX is going to do that in the future, right? Because aggregation itself is a different product. And as I said before, like, especially in decentralized ecosystem, you should focus on one thing. If you're going to focus on multiple things, you are going to thin out your resources. You are going to thin out your energy out there because now you have to, you know, take care of two products, two big products, not just DEX. You're working on aggregator as well, right? So instead of doing that, why not just focus on one? And if you want to do an aggregation, why do not? I mean, like instead of developing your own product, you should partner someone with some some of the aggregators out there who are already, you know, spending all of their time, all of their resources, energy, money, everything on this technology. Why not partner with them? Right. So why instead of reinventing the wheel, which someone else is already doing, why don't you simply partner with them? Right. I think that strategy, in our opinion, is more viable. And that's what we are doing at QuickSwap. Instead of doing everything on our own, we simply partner with the you know, best in that particular space domain. Right. Like you've kind of shown with the bridge aspect as well. there, just partnering yeah. with teams that are already handling that side of things. So Samit, this has been an absolute pleasure having you on here, talking about QuickSwap, just educating our audience more about uh, the different products you have and what you're up to. So where can people go to follow you and learn more about the stuff you're working on? Ah, you can follow me on Twitter, right? I'm very active on Twitter. You can follow me there or you can go to our like telegram channel as well official telegram channel like i'm pretty much active over there as well you can go over there as well i think that's the best place to connect with me to interact with me or to follow what's going on awesome well thank you very much everyone this was san meep singanya and a co-founder of QuickSwap. please everyone be sure to check out previous episodes of staking mondays be sure to read our 2021 ecosystem report that was released late last week and also like and subscribe to our YouTube channel here. You can always listen to this episode on Spotify and just search Staking Rewards. You'll be able to pull that up. So as always, everyone, happy staking. And this episode today was sponsored by P-Stake. So we're going to just play a little clip now from these guys, P-Stake. Thank you, Gabriel. Thank you, guys.
With PeaStake, users can stake assets like Atom through the PeaStake protocol to gain staking rewards. PeaStake users also receive a wrapped asset, which represents the underlying staked asset. These derivative tokens can be used on Ethereum-based DeFi platforms with support for more networks in the future. So users can maximize their yield by providing liquidity on DEXs. They can also be used as collateral for loans and much more, in addition to receiving staking rewards for the underlying asset. Why choose between staking rewards and DeFi opportunities when you can have both with PeaStake.